We are in a a series as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We're counting down the days till Christmas. There's 21 shopping days until Christmas. But let us be 21 worship days until Christmas. And so this morning I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, and we're going to use as our launching pad this morning... Verses 8 through 14. Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Pastor Ray Ortland made an interesting observation when he said, You you can go... to to stores and malls, and wherever you find a Santa Claus, you'll find long lines of people, parents and children, waiting for that opportunity to climb up onto Santa's lap and and snap that, that perfect Christmas picture. He said, but if God showed up at the mall, people would run in terror. And how how do we know that? Because right here in the fields outside of Bethlehem. An angel of the Lord appears, and it's not just an angelic appearance that we see the glory of the Lord shown around them. The, the glory of God, the, the overflow of the, the presence of God, the glory of God showing up in a way that says God is truly here. It's the weightiness of God's presence that is so real and so powerful that the first response of the shepherds It would be the first response of everybody here if we experienced it today is one of fear. That it takes a message from God to say, don't be afraid. For I bring you good news of great joy. That this is the gospel. The gospel message is that the the character and the presence of God is so great That he is far more fearful than we ever realize. And yet, the message of joy is greater than joy that we could find anywhere else. And so this morning, I want us to consider the joy that that comes to us through the message of the angels. I want us to see, first of all, the symbols of joy. As the angel was one who announced joy, there are symbols in our world that announce joy to us. And then I want to look at the substitutes for joy and finally consider the source of joy. 
So first of all, the symbols of joy. You know, when, when the prophet Isaiah was trying to communicate hope to the people of Israel that God was going to send a Messiah for them, he actually used symbols from everyday life. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 3, read this way. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Notice that that when God wants to to stir up hope in his people, he, he picks a particular season in their life. He picks the season of harvest and he said, do you remember how joyful you are at the harvest? Do you remember the joy that comes into your life at that time of year? Well, when I send the Messiah, that joy is going to be yours. That, that God is, is faithful at, at sowing seeds of joy, symbols of joy all throughout the world. That in everyday life, God has, has planted symbols for us that, that point to the joy that he gives That's one of the things that makes Christmas such a wonderful holiday. There's just symbols of it everywhere. I mean, you look at the the trees, the lights, the candles. There's the gifts. There's the parties. All of these are symbols that God has given to us to point us to something greater. One of the symbols that that, that captured my thoughts this week was was the symbol of a punch bowl. You know, that that a punch bowl is, is this nice often a a glass crystal bowl it's got this great etching and and engravings on it but but really it's it's what's in the bowl that that really matters that that you you go and you like you you see a punch bowl and and uh if there's uh, something you know i always love it when when there's like this nice ice floating ring in it and and you 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 dip it out and and you taste it and and it's like you're trying to figure out what what are these ingredients what have come together because this tastes really good that there is a a joy that is found in the punch bowl but you know there's something about the punch bowl is that the punch bowl doesn't actually produce the beverage that's in it that it holds it but it can't produce it it holds it but only in a limited quantity and, and in a lot of ways, this is what God has done for us. He has given us these, these joys in life. 1 Timothy 6.17 says that God has richly provided us all things to enjoy. That Jesus' first miracle is he turns the water into wine. We're told that this is how Jesus displayed his glory to his disciples. That throughout the Christmas season, God has given us all of these punch bowl joys that are to point to something else that are to point to a source of joy but here's the problem so oftentimes we don't turn from the punch bowl to the source we turn from the punch bowl to the pit we turn to the substitutes for joy that god has given us so many things in this world to enjoy to point us to him and yet when we take the good things that god has given to us and we disconnect them from him we end up going down to the pit Look with me at at Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. 
In, in ancient Israel, the summer months were incredibly dry, and so there would be these, these cisterns, these pits that were hewn in the ground out of rock that would be positioned to try to capture rainwater, to, to be able to store up water for later. But as would often happen is that these cisterns uh, w- would crack and, and the water would, would leak out and it, uh, it, wouldn't, it would go away. It wouldn't be available anymore. And, and God is saying this is what so many people do on a spiritual level. That, that they, they hew out for themselves these pits. They, the, the pit offers so much more than the punch bowl. The pit offers so much more satisfaction. It offers so much more joy. And yet it can't contain it. It's empty. Anytime we turn away from God to look for our satisfaction in other things, we've turned to the pit. That anytime that we take the good things God has given to us and we disconnect them from God, we've turned to the pit. And, and Christmas is one of those seasons when it's easy for us to turn from the punch bowl to the pit, to disconnect the, the symbols of joy and actually go for the substitute. That the gift giving is one of these things. It's, gift giving is meant to be a symbol for us of the greater gift that God has given to us in Jesus. That in us giving gifts to others, we have an opportunity to, to demonstrate the symbol of God's grace. And yet, in gift-giving, it's so easy for gift-giving to actually just be a journey down into the pit. Because gift-giving can end up being about us trying to win approval from others in our gifts. Or gift-giving is is about trying to prove something about ourselves in in what we're giving. You know, the the symptom that gift-giving has just become a pit is when we overspent. When we rack up credit card debt to fund our gift giving, we go into the pit. We've disconnected the joy God intends from God himself. And it's, it's not just a Christmas problem. This is a, a problem that happens in so many different areas of life. It was, it was wonderful yesterday to just be able to celebrate up here with, with the Hearsts and, and, and Taylor and Ellie being married. And it's such a wonderful celebration to be a part of. But, you know, that if, if we look at, at something like marriage as the highest ideal of love and we disconnect it from God, marriage ends up being a pit. We end up looking for satisfaction and joy, and we put far more expectations on marriage than God ever intended. That evangelism is something that, that God has, has called us to believers to do. That, that evangelism is actually a, a gift from God to us to join Him in what He's doing in the world. And yet, the, there's a corruption of evangelism that, that's a pit. It's actually the pit of gossip. Think about what gossip is. Gossip is just evangelism disconnected from God. Because gossip is telling someone else a message about somebody else. And yet, isn't that exactly what God intended evangelism to be? Us telling other people about someone else. See, whenever we disconnect the good things that God has given to us from God himself, we we go to the pit. And the pit can never satisfy. That the pit is a declaration to us 
of why we need Christmas. The reason why Christmas is a holiday is because every one of us, you, me, everyone, has gone to the pit. And Christmas says to us, you need someone to rescue you. You need a savior. So John Piper put it so well when he said, before we can find the delight of Christmas, we must understand the indictment of Christmas. We have to let Christmas indict us of our need for a savior before we can delight in the savior that's been given to us. And so, I want us to hear this, the word from the angel this morning. I bring you good news of great joy. I want us to consider the source of that joy. The source of joy. See, as, as great as the symbols are, the, these punch bowl joys that God has given to us, they should make us thirst for the source. So what is the source of joy? The, the source of joy is, is a fountain. Where, where the symbols are limited, the fountain is unlimited. This was promised to us in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So this morning, I want us to be a call to go from punch bowl joys to fountain joys. And the fountain joy is found in Jesus. And I want us to, to hear this message, this message about Jesus as joy. Look with me again. It says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is incredibly simple. This message is not complex. Joy is found in receiving Jesus Christ, the Lord. Do you want to know joy? Do you, do you want to know that, that deep joy that sustains you, not only at Christmas, but throughout the entire year? It's simple. Joy is found in receiving Jesus Christ, the Lord. And this is a message for all people. There, there is nobody exempted from hearing this message of joy this morning. This is a message of joy, especially for those who are completely unconvinced. For people who are, who are unconvinced of the truth of the gospel, the message from the angel is, I have good news of great joy for you. You unconvinced person. You who hears the message of the gospel that says that God became man and was announced by angels. It it's so easy for, for people to just reject that as, as a myth. That this is just something that is, you know, a, a nice fluffy fairy tale during December, but it can't be real. But consider with me what we are saying in, in, this, in the announcement of Jesus as God made man in the manger is a far better story than any other myth that has been told. Think of the Marvel Universe, the, the Avengers, and, and all of the other great superheroes. This is just a, a modern updating of the Greek and the Roman pantheon. And, and if you pay attention to these stories at all, you find out that, that just like the old mythologies, the new mythology has all of these great powers, but underneath all of that, they're characters that are just like you and me. 
They're not better than us. They, they are just have, they have the same flaws. They have the same inner conflicts. That, that they are uh, just like regular people. And now you mix that with extra power. And is there hope? There may be something that's awesome, but is, there can't be true hope. And yet in Jesus, we have one who is without any inner conflict, without any flaw, without any sin. 1 John chapter 3, verse 5 says, says to us, You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. You may not be convinced, but when you hear it, don't you want to be convinced? Isn't this the story you want to be true? This is good news for those who have yet to be convinced. This is good news for those who are searching. Good news of great joy for any who are, who are searching for joy. Any who are searching for Christ. This is good news for you. The angels came to announce joy. They said, the angel said, I have good news. The angel did not say, I have good advice. The angel did not say, here's what you need to do. The angel came to say, here is what God has done. And I want you to hear what God has done in Jesus that makes this the source of our joy. First of all, Jesus is good news of great joy because he is Savior. This, the title there in, in verse 11, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. The baby in the manger came to rescue us from sin. Titus 3, 5, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Christmas is just act one of the story because it, it doesn't reach its full completion until Easter. That the ultimate joy of Christmas is found at the cross. That the ultimate celebration of Christmas comes to us at Easter as the baby in the manger went to the cross to save us from sin, to save us from the pit, to save us from turning away from God. Jesus is the source of joy because he's a savior. Jesus is also a source of joy because he is Christ. That the, the good news for you is that Jesus is Christ. What is Christ? What does that mean? It's before it was a title for Jesus. It was, it was a description in the Old Testament of the anointed one. That's what Christ means. Christ means anointed one. In the Hebrew, it's Messiah. That in the Old Testament, that priests were anointed, kings were anointed with oil to show that this is the one who's been chosen by God. This is God's man. And Jesus is now the ultimate priest king that all other priests and all other kings are pointing to. Now he is the Christ. And he is the anointed one to such a degree that now we call him by name Christ. 
And he is your Christ. He is your priest. He is your king. You see, every four years we elect a president. Because we know that if we put all power into the hands of one person, that power is going to corrupt. And we say, we can't have power centralized in, into just one person, and, and we can't have it for very long. And, and so we have presidents. But what we long for is kings. Because a good king, we have the ideal of a good king. We know a good king. A good king is one who will protect his people, who will lead his people out into battle and win victories for his people. We know a good king is one who provides for his people, who makes sure that all of his people get all of the provision that they need. And that's what we have in Jesus. We have in Jesus one who as a king has gone out to the cross to fight our greatest enemy and to win our greatest battle. He has won the battle over sin. He has won the battle over death. He has won the battle over Satan. There is no enemy that has launched an attack against Jesus that Jesus has not already defeated. He died for us on the cross as Savior. He was raised from the dead to prove he is King of kings and Lord of lords. It's to say he is Christ is to say, here is good news. You have a king. Jesus is a source of joy because he is king. He is Christ. Lastly, he is a source of joy because he is Lord. He is Lord. Born this day in the city of David as Savior, who is Christ the Lord? To call him Lord is, is to call him by a title that up to this point in the book of Luke has been reserved for the God of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament who said, you shall have no other gods before me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And now the, the, the angel announces to the shepherds that this Lord is Jesus. The baby lying in the manger is God himself. Fully God and fully man. The one who is supreme over all. Creator of the universe by the breath of his mouth now in a human body now for you that this is good news of great joy for you because god is giving you himself jesus is a source of joy as lord are you here today and you're one who has said the words on your lips, Jesus is Lord. But it has never really sunk into your heart. That you have never really given up control of your life. You you have wanted to remain the Lord of your own life. You've wanted to have the final say. You've wanted to call the shots. This is good news for you today. This is good news for you today because you, you can hear that Jesus has come to give you what you cannot gain for yourself. That Jesus alone can provide you the joy and the satisfaction as your Lord that you've been looking to to try to grasp for yourself. The good news is that, that Jesus is a source of joy, not just in heaven, 
See, there, there's many people that say, I'll, I'll trust Jesus to get me to heaven. But they don't want to trust Jesus for earth. And Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. This is good news for you today. That Jesus wants to give you joy on earth as your Lord here. This is good news of great joy for all believers. See, the, the good news is not simply, this is how you get through the gates of the mansion. The good news is, this is life in every room in the mansion for every day. That Jesus has come to give his blessings of joy for you, not simply in heaven, but every day here on earth. The blessing of joy was announced outside of Bethlehem, but it was purchased outside of Jerusalem as Jesus hung on a cross to die. And our joy and our delight is found in never leaving that all-sufficient sacrifice of Jesus on the cross who died to purchase our never-ending joy. That Jesus died that we might have never-ending access to that limitless fountain of joy in him. You know, this, this joy that was announced by the shepherds was actually experienced by John the Baptist. John grew up and, and he had the privilege of, of baptizing Jesus. And in this role of, of announcing Jesus as the Lamb of God, John saw himself in a very unique role. And he likened his role to a, a part in a wedding party. And we see this in, in John 3 verse 29. as It says, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Do you, do you hear what, what John is saying? He says that when, when the friend of the bridegroom hears the bridegroom's voice, that's when the, all of the anticipation has come to its completion. And now he says, I've heard Jesus' voice. To hear the voice of Jesus is to know complete joy. That voice is truly heard for us in the Bible. This is where we hear the voice of Jesus truly. One day, we will hear the voice of Jesus fully as we stand before his throne in heaven. And so now, to, to, to taste the joy, to experience the, the completion of joy today, we must be attentive hearers to the voice of Jesus in his word. Charles Spurgeon said, an attentive hearer is on the way to being a joyous receiver. This is the way God gives joy. The word is heard. The word is felt. Have you found this joy? Have you found Jesus as the source of your joy? You know, that the Bible says it, it's possible to measure. This joy is measurable. And it's measured for us particularly in one area. One area where we can measure our joy is in our generosity. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul writes, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the, brother, among the churches of Macedonia. For, in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Paul is saying, the evidence that these believers had joy is that it overflowed in them being generous. 
Generosity is a way for us to be able to express joy. So have you found Jesus to be your source of joy? Let that overflow in generosity to other people. Now I know that talking about joy, especially talking about joy at Christmas time, really confronts some people with the fact that joy is something they long for and they don't have. There's different reasons why you may be here this morning and you're not experiencing joy. One of the reasons you might not be experiencing joy is that God is first of all calling you to repentance. That God is calling you to repent from the pit. That God is calling you to repent from seeking your satisfaction in his gifts apart from him. Repentance is, is turning from the pit and it's turning to God. It's turning from seeking your satisfaction in the pit to seeking your satisfaction in Jesus. And once again, it was Spurgeon who said, sometimes we need the rain of repentance in order for the rainbow of joy to be on display. Are you seeking joy this morning because you don't have it? You may need, first of all, to seek God for repentance that he may give you joy. There may be some of you that, that you're, the joy that you are, are wanting, you are longing for right now is in the midst of a trial. It, it's, it's in the midst of, of grief and loss and maybe a loneliness. It's, it's in a, a hurt of an unreconciled relationship. Whatever the cross you feel you are called to bear, the cross of trial you are called to bear, you can trust that Jesus bore his cross for you. And the Jesus who went through grief, who went through abandonment, did it seeking joy. And he offers this promise to you in Revelation 21 verses 4 and 5. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. A day is coming where the resurrected Jesus will make all things new. You can find in him a fellowship, a relationship, uh, an intimacy with Jesus that is enough. The, uh, a layer of warmth, a fellowship with Jesus, is enough to withstand the bitterest driving wind of any trial that you will face. And so this morning, the offer of joy is for all people. It's a message of joy for you. Unto you is born this day. Babies are born to mommies and daddies. But the Savior is born to you. On the manger, there's a gift tag. And it says, from God to you.
this Christmas season. Enjoy the punch bowl joys, but reject the pit. Instead, turn to Jesus as the limitless fountain of joy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that the the aromas that we have smelt this morning of the joy of Jesus would lead us to a true feast on him. That the rays of joy in this world would lead us to the sun of joy in Jesus. I want to pray for, for any who are here this morning that have not come to Jesus as their source of joy, that in him they would find that joy this morning, that they would hear the call of Jesus to come. We thank you that you will not turn any away because of the work of Jesus. In his name we pray.